Welcome to the radio ministry of Cedar Grove United Methodist Church. May God fill you and transform you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now for some music and then Pastor Brian Bully.
scripture I want to share with you this morning is John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own, but will speak whatever He hears. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. And for this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning giving you thanks for this beautiful day that you've given to us. And Lord, we just pray that my words this morning, fill us with your spirit, Lord. And Lord, let the... Meditations of our heart and the words of our mouth be pleasing to you and draw us closer to you and your love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I had trouble coming up with a title for today. Uh, but I don't know if it was Tracy or Mark or whoever it was that put that first slide up there this, uh, before the service that had uh, Peace in an Anxious World. That, that would be a pretty good title for today's sermon. It's kind of neat that they didn't know what I was going to be talking about, but that ended up, God does great, great, amazing things at times. But that would be, if I had to come up with a title, that would be a good title for it, Peace in an Anxious World. Like Tanya brought up in the prayer concerns, we're, we're in an anxious world. I don't know about you, but I, I am. Uh, we have some troubling times. We have a war going on that isn't right here in our backyard, but it is affecting us. And this, this, this scripture passage says that the Holy Spirit will come, the Spirit of truth will come, and He'll tell you what's to come. What I'm saying here, I'm not some prophet that's telling you the future in this. I'm just looking at reports I see and things that are coming about. With the war in Ukraine, Russia and Ukraine supply 30% of the world's wheat. With this war going on, there's going to be a worldwide famine. Uh, and that's not me being prophetic. I, I watch, I've been following a, a British nurse, doctor, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, John Campbell on Facebook, and he's, he's given a lot of good, sound information on COVID and things through the pandemic. But it, I was kind of surprised this past week that he had one on a coming world famine. And he had all, he doesn't just get on there and give his views like a lot of talking heads do. He actually had reports from different organizations on how this is going to affect the world. It's going to affect us, but the bad thing is it's going to affect the third world countries <coughs> drastically. Drastically. COVID so far has killed, what, what, what's it been, 6 million people worldwide? And he's saying it's probably going to be 7 million before it's done worldwide. They're saying it's going to be tens of millions of people who end up dying from this famine that's 
potentially going to be here in the fall when the wheat harvest isn't going to be there. And this is going to be in third world countries. It's not going to be older folks. This is going to be kids. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a doomsday person or something, but just seeing the things going on. You go to the grocery store, I mean, <laughs> and compare the prices of what. It was kind of funny. I found a receipt from a few months ago, and I compared it to a receipt I got from stuff a week or so ago. And, it, and it's, not, it's not a good thing. I mean, we've got inflation. We've got gas prices, potential food shortages, sexual immorality, job issues. And that's just, you know, our, the things we see in the world through the media and, and social media. And, and you wonder sometimes, is it, are we just more aware of these things or is it actually getting worse? I, I don't know. Whenever I get up here and talk, a lot of times it seems like I do bring up a lot of negative things or bring up some things that are disheartening that's going on in the world. But I'm not doing that to bring us down. I'm doing it to make us aware. And also, hopefully, by the end of what I have to say today, you'll have some hope and we can all kind of work through how to get get through this because I'm it's a lot of discussion in our house about some of these things and uh, I came across an interesting quote uh, from John Calvin that said if a preacher is not first preaching to himself better better that he falls on the steps to the pulpit and breaks his neck than to preach that sermon so what I'm going to be talking about today, I'm, I'm preaching to myself and I'm reassuring myself and I'm sharing with you how I'm looking at, at getting through this and finding peace in an anxious world. Uh, why is it? I mean, we're in a terrible, sinful world. But then whenever you start breaking it down, it's not a sinful world. It's sinful people. Sinful people. The problems in our world all boils down to one thing. It's a sin problem. It's a sin problem. And it's been a problem since the beginning with Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. I mean, we, we look at our statistics of the number of shootings and all that. If we go back to Genesis 4, when Cain killed Abel... You had a fourth of the world's population at that time were murderers. If you looked at it statistically, there was Adam and Eve, Cain and Label. So there's a fourth of the population was murder. So why is that? Why, why is our world like it is? It, 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 it's a sin problem. That's all it boils down to is a sin problem. Because Romans chapter 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one righteous, not even one. We're all born sinful. That's just the way it is. But I'm not righteous in any way. 
But when God sees me, he sees the righteousness of Christ because I've taken Jesus Christ on as my Lord and Savior. Let him change my life. None of us can be righteous, but we can be, demonstrate the righteousness of Christ by taking him on as our Savior. And so, you know, Paul, in writing to Timothy in chapter, in 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3, said, But mark yes, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. And then this one, Paul kind of hints to the church here, I think. Having a form of godliness, but denying his power. And then he tells Timothy, have nothing to do with such people. It's kind of a grim picture there that Paul is painting on what it'll be like in the end times. And I'm not up here saying it's the end times. I know one thing for sure, we're closer today than we were yesterday. And I have, I mean, there, there's a lot of folks looking at, that it's end times and all, it may be. But God gives us direction on how to live regardless of what the times are. And some of these things sound a whole lot like the world that we live in. There's like 19 different things there that, of how there could be adjectives or words that describe our world now. And then on down in verse 12, Paul tells Timothy, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So Paul's given Timothy some instruction here on how, how to get through that if, if he's in that situation. <clears throat> so I don't think we're just imagining that our world is rough, And it's, I'm afraid that it's going to get worse and worse. But we just have to remember it's not bad times, but bad people. Sinful people that don't know the truth. So what do we do now? What do we do? Why am I here? Today is, is Trinity Sunday. It's kind of an interesting time in, in the church calendar, and, and Brian pointed this out last week, that 
Week before last was Ascension Sunday. Last week was Pentecost with the coming of the Holy Spirit. Then this week is Trinity Sunday, a time where we look at the Trinity and that mystery and of God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, three distinct characters of God, but one God. And I'm not even going to try to stand up here this morning and try to explain the Trinity. I've heard some folks try to do it, and I never have really heard a good explanation of it because I think it's beyond our reasoning in some respects, but it's one of those things that we take as faith. God in three, like the song says, holy, holy, holy. God in three persons, the blessed Trinity. And, but we can get glimpses of what that's like. Today's passage, there in John, kind of gives us that idea of Jesus talking about, you know, he has a lot of things to tell his disciples and us, but he says the spirit, will truth, the spirit of truth will come. And he'll tell you, he won't make up things, he just tells you what he hears. And what he hears is from me, and what I hear is from the Father, and what the Father hears. So that interconnectedness there. And Brian pointed out last week, too, in, in the creation story, there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, when God created things, the Spirit hovered over, and the, God spoke a word, and John tells us the word was Christ. So he's there through creation. The three in one. I think one of the main things that we have to do during and maintain this peace in an anxious world is to do what God calls us to do. Do what God calls us to do. And uh, like Brian said, on a Ascension Sunday, don't just stand there looking up. Don't just stand there looking up and wondering and waiting. I think God calls us to reach out. He calls us to, to reach out in this sinful, broken world. But I think He calls for it. We do that. We get overwhelmed. We see all this stuff. What, how can I do this? But he calls us to reach out individually. <clears throat> it has to start individually. And that, work, that happens, we're able to do that whenever we have that healthy relationship with God and let the Trinity work in us, the triune God work in us. And other than trying to understand the technicalities of the triune God, I think it's more a matter of looking at it of how, how does that work in my life? What's that mean to me in my life today? First and foremost is God, God the Father. God the Father is a creator. God created everything. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty amazing. That God created the moon, the stars, 
clouds, the earth, take it down even smaller, the atoms and the electrons. But more importantly, God created you. God created you. And God created you because he loves you. God created you because he loves you and he wants you to participate in building his kingdom. You may say, Sam, why, why now? Why, why was I born at this time? Because God knew what he was doing. You were born for such a time as this, like they told Esther in the Bible. We're each born at a specific place, a specific time, because God created us for that place and that time. Esther, Daniel, Nehemiah, the Old Testament saints, the New Testament saints, <clears throat> the pastors and saints in our lives that have gone before us were created for a specific time, for a specific purpose. And you are too. God created you, and he loves you. John 3.16, we know that one by heart, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loves you so much. He knew our sinful nature. He loved us so much that He sent a part of Himself, His Son, to be our Savior. So we have God, our Creator, and we have Jesus, our Savior. Jesus comes and shows us how to live. As we read through the New Testament accounts of Jesus' life, he shows us how to live. He shows us how to love. As we look at Jesus' life, we see how we're supposed to love. Agape love. Love that is no strings attached. Jesus is our Savior because he, you know, he saved us by taking our sins to the cross. He lived a sinless life, but he took my sins to the cross. He took your sins to the cross so that you can be in a right relationship with God. Jesus also gives us hope in eternal life through the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we know that this isn't all there is. We know that there's an eternal life. Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. And that this isn't the end. And <coughs> Jesus also sustains us. He says that in John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So if we stay connected with Jesus, we can bear fruit. If we're not connected, we might as well, we're not going to be able to do anything. Then the third part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Brian talked quite a bit about the Holy Spirit last week. and I mean, we could go on and on and on and talk for weeks 
about the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's our comforter. The Holy Spirit's where we get power from to do what God calls, calls us to do. The Holy Spirit's where we get wisdom from to know what God wants us to do. To get wisdom to know what God's word means. To wisdom, to, to get wisdom to know when to say something and when not to. And the Holy Spirit, the great thing, I'm so amazed at how much we tend not to recognize and use the power that's available to us through the Holy Spirit. We want to try to do it on our own. And in doing evangelism classes or talking to folks about sharing the faith, they're, oh, I can't do that. I can't go up to someone and tell them about Jesus, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. No, you can't. I can't either. Not by myself. We have the Holy Spirit in us to be with us, to guide us. To give us comfort, to give us the words. To give us the power to do the things that God calls us to do. And looking at Pentecost, we've gotten so used to, to what happened. Those stories, I think, have become so familiar, we don't realize the magnitude of them. Peter comes out and preaches a sermon and the disciples were there explaining the good news. And 3,000 people were saved in one day. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. We become weak and anemic in our Christianity and our faith sharing. Because we don't rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, going back to what I said at the beginning. I'm preaching to me as much as I am to anybody else. <clears throat> we have to fully rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And then be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance is. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you the what to do, the when to do. But quite honestly, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit don't always have to tell you why. But... Uh, so yeah, we're in troubling times. How do we find that peace? How do we find that peace? <clears throat> I think we uh, have to remember who God is and His awesomeness and worship Him and praise Him. I think we have to put our faith and trust in Jesus as our Savior. Whenever we do that, then we can have the assurance of the Holy Spirit coming to reside in us. And then we have to listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we'll get through any troubling times. We'll have peace in an anxious world by using the power available to us through the Trinity. Cedar Grove United Methodist Church and Pastor Brian Boley would like to thank you for listening to last week's pre-recorded sermon. 
Join us live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and on Facebook. We are located on Route 47, a mile and a half east off I-77, just across from WVU Parkersburg campus. Donations may be mailed to Cedar Grove UMC, 168 Old Turnpike Road, Parkersburg, West Virginia, 26104. Or you can text the word GIVE to 1304-244-1903 or visit our website, cedargroveunitedmethodist.org and click on the GIVE tab. This will bring up a form where you can determine how much you would like to give. Thank you and God bless you in your life.